Hello, listeners. Uh, happy belated Halloween for you. I guess most of my listeners are older, so you don't have a, a shitload of candy you have uh, to sort through. I am uh, not over Halloween yet, though. I mean, I'm almost over Halloween, meaning this stage of my life, costumes and stuff like that. This is Jim the Keys bartender, forgot to say. Welcome. Thank you for listening. So, Halloween's rolling around. My daughter's 15. Uh, the wife still dresses up. I had to go, I think this year, when is a zombie. She said, my daughter said, well, you're gonna, if you're going to go out, you're going to have to gonna visit my friend's family, friend's parents. We dropped Sky off at her uh, friend's house to get, ostensibly, to get dress for their themed, you know, black outfitted angels, you know. So I guess they're kind of like dark angels. So she expected us to get dressed up too. And I'm like, oh, God damn, what am I going to do? So, and I grabbed some of her white and black makeup, grayed up my face and did, they had some of that theatrical blood did that, took an old t-shirt, put some blood on that. So I either look like that or someone after they've been, you know, out for a very hard night, you know. I didn't look much different than I had before after some rough nights with blood dripping down my face. And the wife was a hippie. Halloween's like any place in the United States. And I, from what I was really surprised, I, I understand... They do the Day of the Dead in Mexico, and I know Canada being so close to the United States, and we intermingle so much, so it's big in Canada. But Halloween originally was a holiday that was brought over from both Mexico and Ireland, Samhain in Ireland, and they still celebrate it there. And there's a whole bunch of places they still you know celebrate Halloween. It's United Kingdom, Belgium. Not so much France, but it's all China, New Zealand, and things like that. And Australia, I imagine, because of all the Irish there. But here we make any idea that is sold. It sells candy, sells costumes. You get pop-up stores. Some people really invest a lot in Halloween. For not just candy. We went to a haunted house. It was a themed house. They, uh, the teachers at the local high school put it on for it. 17 years running. A very, very effectively ran haunted house where it was more gruesome stuff, you know, with people with uh, axes and chainsaws and things like that. But they employed the dark curtains and the smoke and all that stuff. And I don't know about you. <clears throat> it's funny. It plays in, in when it comes to haunted houses. I, I want to be shocked and scared. I want to suspend disbelief and go in there and just be shocked from people popping out. Uh, I guess at 58, I'm not worried about it as much as I was when I was in my 20s. But I, it should have been in retrospect. You know, if you're going to a haunted house, you, you're going there not to stand there doorly, 
you know, and, and not show any emotion. You want to be frightened. So it's best to suspend your disbelief and go in there and, and a little. It's nice to be shocked. You know, they had bodies wrapped up in plastic bags hanging up. I think their theme was a butcher shop, human butcher shop, which was effective. And they put a little, you get, you go walk through the side yard and through their backyard and, and all that. That was, it was a nice little haunted house. And some people really went out. The funny thing about, I imagine this happens in many communities where some streets aren't as busy as others. So in the Keys, it's a couple places up in Key Largo where people gather. There's not, there's a lot of retirees in the Keys. So you got to get a high concentration of kids. And another one is Plantation Key. And uh, there's Indian Mound Key. We went to Indian Mound. Uh, Indian Mound is a neighborhood, actually, on Plantation Key. And then we went to Plantation Key Colony. And that the haunted house was at, the haunted house I'm speaking of was at Indian Mound. And they put a little sign up. I'll see if maybe I can post in this episode the video. It's a one-minute video. It's just showing the outside. I didn't want to give away you know, walk around inside with it because it takes away if you're going to a haunted house. Why do you want to stand around with a, a goddamn cell phone in your hand? You know, and then when someone jumps out with a chainsaw, you know, you drop it, crack your screen. I got a screen pr- protector on it, so I don't have to worry about that. So we went around. There's a lot of kids, you know, these high school kids. And another funny thing is, <clears throat> especially in like in. in a lot of different places in the United States and different places. The parents, uh, they they trick out their golf carts. There's a lot of golf carts in the, the Keys. People use golf carts in their neighborhoods. And I don't know. I mean, if you get busted for drinking and you get a DUI, whether you're driving a golf cart or a car. But people drive around with golf carts with their coolers on it and stuff like that. I guess the, the sheriff's department's a little more lenient about that. But these uh, people put, uh, they make a shitload of jello shots and, you know, they have kegs of beer for the parents and things like that. Uh, the high school kids were out in force. So, like my daughter and her friends, her friends, most of her friends are, are sophomores. So they still say, you know, they're still doing their thing. I guess that's when they get a little older, that's not what they do when they get to be juniors and seniors. But uh, they stop going out on Halloween, maybe. I don't know. I didn't do that when I was in. I mean, I've been to costume parties when I was younger. But it was funny. We're walking through the neighborhood with another uh, one of my friends. One of the f- friend of my daughter's parents who we're friendly with. We're walking through the neighborhood and they have the app on the daughter's phone, a tracking app. And we were trying to find out where they were. And the, the father, the girl's father and I, uh, we're, we're trying to track where they are located. And the girl was, they were calling her up and she said, she doesn't know exactly where she is. So we're walking and it turned out she was at one of uh, this girl who was having a party who happened to be a friend of ours, a friend of Abby's. 
and there was supposedly like she invited like 30, 40 people. And when we got there, there was it's a small backyard, small backyard. I'd have to say it was maybe 30 by 30, maybe more, 30 by 30 or and with a tiki hut. And there was it was packed to the gills with kids. Excuse me one moment. <clears throat> there was music blasting and a bunch of young kids. They looked to be about 12 to 15, though. I'm sure they were more like 15 to 17, maybe a little older. There were a couple older boys there and girls. And they were, you know, doing all, you know, I don't know what they were doing. There was, a, it didn't look to be beer or anything like that. They had a bunch of energy drinks. Uh, there was some vapor, vaping going on. So I don't know what was in the vape thing. Someone said they smelled pot. I didn't really smell pot back there. And now I know to smell pot firsthand. And, you know, it was what it was in the, the friend had a little food in there and, and drinks for people inside for some of the parents. But the kids, I guess the 30 kids turned into a 100 in this tiny, tiny yard. I mean, they were elbow to elbow. And the costumes, not not any different. I guess that we talked about this in previous years. You know, the girls try to be a little provocative. You know, guys try to be cool. Girls dressed a little pro- provocatively. The uh, there was one young girl came walking out of a place. We stopped thinking that they had a they were at a party there. That our daughters were at a party there. We thought, and this girl comes out and she looked to be about thirteen years old, dressed as a Playboy bunny. Playboy bunny, not a bunny, a Playboy bunny, black Playboy black outfit. You know, with the black bunny ears, the, the traditional Playboy bunny, and I, I know I as a as a kid I would have been enthused at, about the young lady wearing it, but as an adult I was thinking, holy crap, there's no way that would float. You know, saying no, nope, 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 and because. It's Playboy Bunny. It's not. It's not just a sexy outfit. It was. It's iconic. The Playboy man, Mansion and all that stuff, and the, the the whole company was built around sex. So this young girl, every time I saw the young girl, and you did see, it, you could perfectly walk out, and it, she looked like she was very young. Not not. Necessarily because I mentioned it a couple of times doesn't mean I'm obsessed with her. She just looked like a kid. You know? And I'm not comfortable with that. I saw a couple of other outfits like that. Girls in tight outfits and things like that. But that that was probably the most provocative one. It's not com- really that bad if you think about it. Right? Just one of them. Because luckily there wasn't a ton of them like that. I just don't like the idea that, I guess I'm thinking of it from a, a parent's point of view, that you're objectifying young girls. And I know this takes away from the bartender thing because, I, you know, I've been to 
entertainment, you know, male entertainment clubs, gentlemen's clubs. There's not a lot of gentlemen there because the gentlemen wouldn't do such things. Ideally, the the iconic gentlemen wouldn't uh, do such things. But as you, when you you're in a parent mode, you don't think that either. So these kids, uh, the one party we ended up, when we, we thought our daughters were at, we went and looked at it and all the kids were in there and stuff like that. And all of us, eventually, someone must have smelled weed or something like that, or there was just too many kids there. The, the sheriff's department showed up. And when the sheriff's department showed up and they asked for the owner of the house, asked for ID and all that stuff... You should see the kids, they start slowly and then some faster streaming out. And they're just leaving. And I'm not going to do anything on this part. But then the owner of the house goes, Jim, could you make sure all the kids are gone from the back? So that's when I had to go into the daddy mode and go in the back and say, okay, it's over. Come on, get out. And my daughter says, Dad. I was told by some of my friends that you were the one that kicked everyone out. And I said, well, yeah, I did, because the police were there. Well, they weren't doing anything wrong. I said, maybe they weren't. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But I did it. And she goes, well, you shouldn't be. I said, well, well, and then I explained to her. I said, the woman asked me to, because our, she's not married, she, she asked me to go and clear it out. Asked everyone to leave, and there was a couple polite people, and there's a couple uh, young people, and there's one or two that weren't so polite. But I guess that's, I'm the you know I'm the mean dad now. I'm not going to be the friendly dad that we're getting. I don't. I hear this stuff all the time. I don't get it for liability issues, for corruption issues, and me being an alcoholic. I am not supplying kids with controlled substances. I'm not supplying other people's kids with controlled substances. I'm not. If I want, if I decided I wanted to be a bad parent, that was that would be my decision. And when you decide to be a bad parent, you do that with your kids. Now, if you decide to be a bad parent and do that shit, you don't do that with other kids. You don't supply them with alcohol or a venue to have alcohol. And an unpoliced, I hate to say it, unpoliced thing because kids don't always make the best decisions. I know. I did that stuff. I did my drinking and smoking pot in the woods. Uh, yeah, Jim, you grew up in Philly. I spent my, that age, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade. I kind of cleaned up my act after that because I wanted to go to a good college, but I didn't want to spend my whole weekends doing that. But I, when I was in eighth grade, I did. We, you know, we'd get together a couple bucks and stuff like that, pay some irresponsible drunken person, but to go and get us beer. We didn't expect parents to do that for us. Hey, mom, dad, can you get us, can you get us liquor? Well, they had homecoming a couple weeks ago and some people had parties where they were sanctioned by your parents and even set it up kind of like a speakeasy where they had passwords. And then there was a uh, at least one 
bus that was uh, rented for people from homecoming for the dance and all that stuff where they supplied uh, liquor for the bus. And not only is this the rumor that came through the parents, but it came from the kids too, which was verified by, they were both verifying that these things happened. I understand the logic. I disagree with it. But the logic is, I want to know what they're doing and where they're doing it. But as, on several reasons, number one, number one, you make decisions like that, you don't make it for other people's kids. So when you're doing that, you're being irresponsible with someone else's kids. You could be irresponsible with your own if you decide that. And, you know, you don't you don't need to be judged, yes, if you just think that's a good idea to, to do that. That's a good idea. And some cultures do that. But they, it's in the culture. It's baked into the culture. So the kids aren't permanently trying to get alcohol or search of controlled substances because they're just there. The kids are drinking wine from being a child. Maybe some of it's watered down. I think it's kind of a myth. You don't have kids, uh, eight-year-old <clears throat> Italian kids, drinking a bottle of wine. You know? They may give them a taste of it and stuff like that. When they get a little older, they may have a little I have a glass of wine. It's just, and for some reason, it doesn't create that kind of thing where the kids have to go and do that. Over here, we do do that, but that's that's our issue. But once you introduce the alcohol into a social situation and you're the one supplying it, this is number two. You're liable. You're liable for anything that would happen. Some kid goes out and gets an accident. It's on you. Yeah, the, the other kid, the kid that got drunk who's not your kid and then got in the car... And they may have gotten an accident or even worse, injured someone or in the worst case scenario, killed someone. They may have done that without your uh, aiding and abetting. But you aided and abetted by providing alcohol. So now that you've assumed, and I know enough about legal things, you assume that liability. And some people think they are for some reason, immune to the implications of those responsibilities. But you're not, you're going to eventually get burnt. Someone's going to get burnt, and that's just the way it is. It's a stupid thing to do. And they, people come in and say, well, I was doing it to be reasonable, and, you know, have a, you know, got them a couple cases of White Claw, which is today's beer or wine cooler or whatever you want to call it. It used to be wine coolers before, uh, about 30 years ago. And before that, it was fortified wines like Mad Dog when I was growing up. I'm not saying the kids can't have a good time. And they're going to have a good time. They're going to try to do it. And it's going to, they're going to be irresponsible. And some kids are going to get hurt. Some kids are going to drive drunk. And some are going to get killed. But you don't have to help do that. You don't have to help do it. And policing it may not necessarily work because it creates an atmosphere where the kids are seeking it. But 
you know, when you go to this, when you go out for Halloween and everyone's, and I'm not, hey, listen, the reason I don't drink now is because I was, I physically can't handle it. I can't stop when I want to stop. I'm not judging you for drinking. I'm, I've gotten intoxicated in front of my, my kid, my stepdaughter. And I realize I'm, I'm, for me, I'm ashamed of that. And I don't drink anymore. Not for that reason. It's, uh, well, one, it's one of the contributing reasons. But the main reason is I can't handle it. And the, uh, these, you know, associated reasons, one of the associated reasons, I don't want to be that way among children. Now, I can behave badly without drinking. I don't need it. But it was a good time. It was a good time. No one was, no one I know was hurt. I don't know of anybody being hurt, so I could just say that. So it was successful. And what was the last thing? My daughter, they, every, half the kids didn't go to school the next day. It was on Sunday, Halloween, and half the kids didn't go on Monday. And the school knew that. And my daughter was saying, well, they know, and the parent and the teacher's under, I said, well, it's still an unexcused absence, and you had so many unexcused absences. And one of the, my theories behind it was not only that you don't need another unexcused absence, was you can make a little impression on your teachers that you're showing up on a day when everyone else didn't show up, and show you're re-showing your commitment to school. And that's pretty much that. I have to talk about and uh, well we'll just have to wait till next year I'll see if I can post a video with the uh, it'll be in the, the video of the haunted house so I won't show too many drunk people but you see what it's like in the keys second on the uh, I what was it Saturday night was Saturday night no it was Friday night I come home and the wife's sitting on the couch. We're watching a little Bill Maher, maybe, I think. And for some reason, I'm grabbing one of those. Uh, I ate. She had made chili, and I had a, a nice thing of chili. It was late at night. I know we're going to stay up for a little while, an hour and a half, so I don't, I don't like to eat right before I go to sleep. So I'm using one of those dental picks on my tooth. And it has on one side to have like a little short flossing area and on the one end it's more of like a pick so I'm just going in going to town on my back rear molar which is a crown and I think you may know what I'm going to say next I'm doing all of a sudden pop there goes the crown on Friday night Friday night could have been on a Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. It was Friday night. So after our long holiday weekend, well, kind of a holiday weekend because Halloween's on Sunday, I'm thinking, oh, shit, it just flew in my head. I'm thinking, How, what's going to happen to me? Well, it turns out it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. The crown, I saved the crown. I you know, cleaned it, tried cleaning it up, cleaning up the area that had popped off and kept the area irrigated and it wasn't painful yet because I knew they had to address it and I'm thinking where am I going to go for this well you know I haven't 
it's been a year or so, and the place I used to go is closed. So I went to, I'm looking for a doctor on Monday. I had Monday off. And I'm thinking, I would like to get an appointment. It was an emergency, not an emergency, because there wasn't painful or anything like that. There was no repercussions other than, I'm thinking, I got to get this fixed as quick as possible to seal that up. You know, we walk around with a broken tooth. I mean, I know there are a lot of people that do that, but that's not me. So, uh, the, and because of my, I guess, I don't know if I, my ego or whatever, so my vanity, I ended up going into a new place in the neighborhood and person used to be, this dentist used to be on the mainland and it's this, uh, a Cuban woman, Cuban doctor, nice, uh, nice Cuban doctor. And I'm talking to the receptionist and I said, listen, I, I told her, I explained what my situation was. And she says, oh my gosh, the doctor just has an opening and an appointment. She can see you. And I said, I'll take it. So I go in there and, you know, like my other procedures, you know, you go into a dentist's office, you know, the whole thing about when you go into a dentist, it's one of the most... I think the highest rates of for careers where you have people under stress and horrible statistics like suicides and stuff are among dentists and psychiatrists. Two, two of the highest. And um, you're going under there some of the worst circumstances, you know, getting cavities, drilling in, a ver- in an area where you got a bunch of nerves and all that stuff. So I go in there... And I don't know what to happen because I, I only had two crowns put in on the, right next to each other where the one popped off. And she looked at it and she says, you know what? Let me take a look at this. We may be able to glue this back on depending on what the condition of the remaining root of your tooth. And I didn't want to give up too much hope for that because that would be the ideal situation where you didn't have to do that. Right? You want the least painful less invasive procedure. And it turned out, now, don't, I'm not going to, it's not, I don't think it's terribly gross, but people don't like to talk about those things in depth. But it didn't work out that way. I got to get a new crown. And they asked if I wanted to start prepping the area and stuff like that. And I said, well, yeah, let's get as much done as we can to today. And it wasn't going to be nice. She, she says, well, we're listening. I have to take out some of the gum. And I'm going to use a laser. <clears throat> a laser is a little better than scalpel for me. She's going to prep the area, expose more of the root of the, uh, the tooth. And then I'm going to put a temporary. Well, But I'm normally pretty good. I mean, I don't really like the pain that comes in with dental work or anything like that but I'm usually pretty good with that and when there's two women there I kind of try to be as stoic as possible when it comes to doing those things but you know pain is pain and you you know you tense up they can see your eyes your pupils opening up your pain you're still your head's kind of tightening up your neck when someone's drilling down and cleaning up those things well just the putting in the Novocaine under, into the palate, into the lower palate, 
under that was causing me a little consternation. And then once, you know, they walk away and you hear the drilling next door, I'm thinking, this is what I got. I wonder how long this is going to take. You know, first it was going to be drilling and then it was going to be, um, the, the first part was laser. They were lasering out the gum and then cutting away the gum. And I guess it's burn. You're just burning away flesh. And so you can, you know, prepping the area. And then after he'd done that, she started prepping the surface. And that's was with the tooth. And there was still some, you know, hitting there. You're hitting nerves. You're feeling the cold. You're putting the air in there, sucking out the, the moisture. And you're just feeling it. And you're thinking, am I being a pussy or does this hurt? That's all that's in my head. I'm thinking, am I just reacting to the idea of having this? Or am I? is this real pain? And I couldn't really decide. It did hurt. There was a couple of times it hurt. And my eyes kind of crossed a little. But, and you got, you know, you get, they put that bite guard in there so you don't bite down. I mean, in the age of COVID and stuff like that, I mean, it's really interesting with the gloves and the mask and all that stuff. And they gave me, the first time I really did see this, they put goggles on me. And I thought that was for the lasers. And she said, no, I just don't want anything falling into your eyes. I said, I could have just closed my eyes. But, no, they they did a wonderful job, you know, but they, they were drilling for a while and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait until this this uh, temporary gets put in, stuff like that. And she asked, uh, so now all the painful stuff is done, I think. I mean, I got to get it popped off again, I guess. That'll be interesting, I imagine. I don't know how they're going to do that. So you cement the temporary, and I guess they got to put some, squeeze something in there to kind of dissolve it. So I came home, you know, with the numb the numb side and Abby's preparing dinner. She, I'm gr- I grilled afterwards and they said, don't do it, use anything hot. Rinse this area because you got, we did a number on your, uh, the gum around that molar. So you're going to need to use some salt water. So I'm, uh, I was all prepped in. I was feeling it. I started feeling the pain come down. The pain was bothering me. And then I took a couple of Advil and it was fine. And then it's a little less today. But it just comes in waves, didn't it? I mean, my dog's sick. It looks like she's at the end, Roxy. Uh, I mentioned that before. And it's it's a sad point in life when you have a, have a dog and... You could tell it's getting older and it's not, doesn't have it. Can't, can't, she can't jump. She's still skinny. She looks, she, on the surface, she looks like she could be like two, three years old. But when you see her walk around and stuff, she's not her old self. She's not that little hyper uh, eight pound thing. And she actually put on some weight, 11 pounds. 11 pounds, um, she didn't put on 11 pounds. She put on three pounds. But three pounds when you're eight pounds is significant. And be close to me putting on 70 pounds in a year, which I would look significantly different. The dog was all, 
before until like a year ago, the dog always looked like people. What do you feed that dog? That dog never, yeah, it's just because it was a hyper dog. But I got the tooth taken care of. I actually went to the gym today, the day after. I was hoping I was going to sit around. And I felt the drive to really do a show. You know, because others, you always find, there's always a reason. There's a reason not to go to the gym. There's always a reason. But there, um, and there's always a reason not to podcast. But the good reason is the podcast, just the podcast. And that's what I did today. I'd like to thank you for listening. Once again, I'd like to ask my listeners, if you are a new listener, if you have to download as many episodes as you can, increase those numbers for us. The more numbers we get, the more vitality, the more revenue the show can uh, get in the commercials. The commercials that show up on the um, on the feeds you have, they're automatically added. They're not something, so if you see something from, hear something from Microsoft or Phoenix University or something like that on whatever platform you listen to, they pay a little, a very little to the show. What I need to do is get a shitload of downloads so I can go and say, hey, listen, I got a shitload of downloads. I got a lot of listeners. Right now, we only have maybe, you know, about... A thousand listeners a month, maybe twelve hundred a month. It's still considerable, but it's been a long haul. You can see it's episode five nineteen. But the more I get, the you know, the more I get, the more I can ask for. When and I can get pointed commercials, and then I can remove the commercials that are in the that the um, streaming serv- services ad. Or try to. I don't know what the thing is with some of them. And if you see those commercials, I, I'm not. I don't have any control over the commercials that they put on there. I don't know. There could be the Doc, Doc Johnson's butt plugs. It's not that I endorse Doc Johnson's butt, butt plugs. I'm not either for or against Doc Johnson's butt plugs. I just don't have any control or having them there or lifesavers or or uh, Q-tips. You know. I know. I throw in there. Why did you go? Why did you go right to butt plugs, Jim? I don't know. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. Um, I hope you had a great Halloween and things like that. I will be back. I'll try to do tomorrow is Wednesday. I work a double. I may do one show in the morning. Who knows? Let's uh, let's check that out. I will talk to you later. Thank you very much, and uh, have a great day.